Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Alabama's favored by eight and a half points over Texas in this economy? You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Longhorns, the show, Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns. FanDuel released eight lines from eight of the biggest games in college football this year, two of those including the Texas Longhorns. The Alabama Crimson Tide are favored by eight and a half points over the Longhorns in Tuscaloosa in September plus. The Texas Longhorns are favored by three and a half points over the Oklahoma Sooners in the Red River shootout. Did FanDuel get it right? Did FanDuel get it wrong? We discussed that. Plus, the Texas men's basketball team, led by Rodney Terry, beat up on the Iowa State Cyclones, got their revenge on Tuesday night in the Moody Center, 72-54. to We discussed that, plus more, on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So sometimes you got to search far and wide for content ideas, right? Sometimes it's, you know, it's the off season, not a lot going on with football right now, recruiting 2023 class pretty much wrapped up Winter workouts going on right now, but we're patiently waiting for spring practices. Sometimes you got to search far and wide for the content. Sometimes it just falls in your lap. And today I felt like it fell in my lap when FanDuel released these lines, eight games and two of them are the Texas Longhorns. We're going to discuss that on Locked On Longhorns. But first, when I saw the article, I put it in the Locked On Podcast Network chat, our college chat, because there were some other games in there like LSU, Florida State, uh, Tennessee, Florida, Ohio State, Michigan that they've already came up with the lines for. And so I sent it to our other hosts saying y'all can use this for content the same way I'm about to use it. And Stephen Willis, our Locked On Ole Miss host, you'll get to know him sooner enough, right, when we, we start doing crossovers when we get to the SEC. He posed a question, and I just have to say Google and the Internet are undefeated. So this was the question he posed. How many times in the last 10 years has Alabama been favored by 10 points or less at home? And what is their record in those games with Texas being an eight and a half point underdog in Tuscaloosa? Once again, how many times in the last decade has Alabama been favored by 10 points or less at home? And what is their record in those games? I had the answer for them in 11 minutes. Like I said, Google and the internet undefeated. Alabama is four and two at home in the last 10 years when favored by less than 10 points or 10 points at home. The two losses came to Ole Miss in 2015 and LSU led by Joe Burrow in 2019. And so I think this bodes really well for the Texas Longhorns because what this tells me is that when Alabama's playing at home and Vegas thinks that the game will be pretty close, Alabama hasn't been dominant in those games, only going four and two in the last 10 years. And when you look at it last year, right, when Vegas thought it wouldn't be close and Alabama was favored by three scores, it came down to one point with Hudson Carr playing three plus quarters in that game. So I think Texas has not only an outstanding chance to to cover the eight and a half, I'd probably hammer that right now, you know, if I was you. (laughs) But I think they have a good chance to win this game outright because when I was looking at the matchups, Texas wins a lot of these matchups against Alabama, right? And like I said, last year, 
they the game came down to one point. I think Texas comes in with a way better team than they did last year, while Alabama comes in with more question marks than they had last year. So let's just go through these matchups really quickly. Head coaching matchup, I got to give it to Alabama. Come on, it's Nick Saban, right? We're talking about Steve Sarkeesian. Love him to death. Never had a 10-win season, right? Nick Saban has six, seven national championships at the University of Alabama. No comparison. But I will say, interesting little nugget, interesting little take here. Texas returns their offensive coordinator and play caller in Sark. Texas returns their defensive coordinator in Pete Kukowski. Alabama does not return their offensive or defensive coordinator. They have new staff at those positions, right? This is week two of the season. No matter what you accomplish in this offseason, no matter what you accomplish in week one, whoever they play, your offense and defense will not fully grasp this system by week two. So I think that's advantage Texas in terms of the coordinators go. Head coaching matchup, Nick Saban. Quarterback, I got Texas and Quinn Ewers. He's going to be the most experienced quarterback in this game, and he has a year of starting under his belt, right? Whether it's Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, Quinn Ewers is going to have more experience than either one of those quarterbacks. So I give the advantage to him. Plus, when he didn't have experience last year in his second ever game at college, he had 134 yards in the first quarter and looked like he was about to blow them off the field. Running back is a wash, right? Both teams are losing NFL running backs, right? Roshan Johnson and B. John Robinson going to the NFL. Jameer Gibbs for Alabama going to the NFL. They bring back Jace McClellan. We bring back. I guess Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson, and Jaden Blue, right? They bring in uh, Justice Haynes and Richard Young, right? Two very talented running backs in the 2023 class. We bring in Cedric Baxter. I'm not sure who will have the better running back room in week two. Both schools have a bunch of talent in the running back room, but outside of Jace McClellan, most of it is largely unproven. So I can't say who's going to win that matchup. Both teams have really talented running backs. Tight end is Texas. They lost their starting tight end last year in Latu, and even last year, JT Sanders was better than he was. He's going to be even better than he was last year in terms of JT Sanders. Alabama doesn't have a tight end on this roster right now that can match JT Sanders. Easy win for the Texas Longhorns. Wide receiver, I think Alabama's wide receiver room is going to be a little underrated because they were inconsistent and young last year. Kobe Prentice, Trayshawn Holden, uh, Jermaine Burton. They brought in Jalen Hill, who you know we fought for. Uh, recruiting battle so I think they'll be a lot better this year and I think they'll catch a lot of people by surprise right based off of what they did last year and what I think they'll do this year but I still think the ceiling of Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, Jontae Cook, A.D. Mitchell and Isaiah Nayor is better than what Alabama has so if the Texas wide receivers live up to their billing their wide receiver room should be better than Alabama wide receiver room especially in this game. O-line I have a wash right Alabama lost two starting offensive linemen. Texas lost none, right? But I'm not sure whose offensive line as a unit is better, right? Alabama brought in the number one tackle in the country. He might come in and and dominate just like Kelvin Banks did right off the bat. But I do know that going into this game, Kelvin Banks will be the best offensive lineman on the field. I'm not sure who'll have the better unit, but Texas will have the best offensive lineman on the field, and that's Kelvin Banks. So advantage the Longhorns, even though the O-line is a wash, right? I couldn't give that to Texas or Alabama D-line, I think it's Alabama, right? Dallas Turner might be the best player in this game, period. You can make the argument he was the MVP last year, knocking Quinn Ewers out of the game, unfortunately, for us, right? And then you have Jaheim Otis on the defensive line, who's a really good player as well. I think Texas has really nice players on the defensive line. I think Dallas, I mean, Alabama has superstar-level players 
on their defensive line. Dallas Turner might be the best player in this game, regardless of offense, defense, regardless of position, regardless of the color on his jersey. Right, He might just be the best player in this game, period. Linebacker, I'm giving it to Texas. Right, I think that Alabama's linebackers will play really well, but I think if Jalen Ford plays like he did last year, right, third-team All-American should have been the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. If he plays the way he did last year or improves on that, Texas will have the best linebacker in this game. Plus, not to mention the other linebackers you have, Anthony Hill, Leona LaFowle, uh, Samaj Burrell, Darion Gallette. I mean, it goes on and on, right? If they develop, they have an embarrassment of riches in that room. Texas should win the linebacker matchup. And then DB, I was going to give it to Alabama at first, and I think their DBs will play really well. I love Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think he'll be really good this year. But from the end of the season, Alabama lost four starters in their DB room. They lost Helms, Branch, Battle, and Ricks, right? Texas only lost Anthony Cook and Deshaun Jameson. But you bring back Jade Barron, Ryan Watts as starters. You bring back Jaron Thompson as a starter. Jalen Catalan, I would assume he'd still be healthy in week two, right? That's an all Big 12 level safety. And then plus all of the pieces you have around them that can step in and make plays for you. So I give that matchup to Texas as well. The only matchups I'm giving to Alabama is the head coaching matchup with Nick Saban and the D-line matchup led by Dallas Turner. Every other matchup is in Texas's favor. Or you can make the argument that it's in Texas's favor. That's why I said I think not only will – I think Texas will cover. I love Texas plus eight and a half. I would not be surprised if Texas goes into Tuscaloosa in week two and beats Alabama outright in this game. So now the question is, did FanDuel get this spread right? at Alabama minus eight and a half and I think they did typically you get three points just for being at home so that's three so now we'll knock it down to five and a half right let's say you're gonna get two points just because it's the GOAT Nick Saban right you're gonna get one to two points for that so let's just say it knocks down to four and a half you're gonna get two points based off of it being Alabama and people just betting on Alabama because more times than not it's one new money and then people saying Texas all right, <laughs> your mistake. But either way, I would say that's worth one and a half to two points. So now we're at, let's just say two and a half to three. I think by the time this game is played, this line will be bet down to six and a half, seven, right? Seven and a half at the most. So I do think that FanDuel got it right. Alabama being at home, what we've seen from them, what we haven't seen from Texas yet, even though they're on their, they're on their way, right? Alabama by eight and a half is the right call over Texas current. But like I said, I think they cover and I definitely think they have a great chance to win outright. Moving on to the Red River shootout where Texas is favored by three and a half points over the Oklahoma Sooners. And I know some people are still groaning and moaning because we beat them by 49 points last year. So how could Texas only be favored by three and a half over the Oklahoma Sooners? Well, first, when you look at it, since 2014, Every game in the Red River shootout has been decided by eight points or less besides the game last year, which was 2022. So basically eight out of the last nine games have been a one possession game, eight points or less. And I think this year will be no different. Like, as I said, last year was an anomaly. They had punters, tight ends and running backs throwing passes. They didn't even want the quarterback to throw a pass. Right. Like they didn't even try to win that game. This year is going to be a lot different. Last year, Texas was favored by seven and a half with no Dylan Gabriel. I would think Dylan Gabriel to Davis Bevel is worth three to four points. So I definitely think uh, FanDuel got this line right as well. And as I said, 
as the home team, you typically get three points, but it's a neutral site game, right? 50% Oklahoma, 50% Texas. So this three and a half really is, you know, Texas beat them by 49 last year. Texas has the better rec, I mean, the better roster, but this still is somewhat of a pick them, right? When you look at it, I think both offenses will be better. The Texas offense stalled out at times last year, sometimes in the worst possible time, but I think Quinn Ewers will be better. I think he has a better, you know, cadre of skill talent around him although you're losing B. John robinson and roshan johnson i think sark will be a little bit better at not only play calling but play sequencing i think that this offense will be better similar to oklahoma's offense right second year under jeff levy players are more comfortable you're bringing in more talent i think their offense will be better as well same thing with the defenses texas defense was really good last year better than most of us expected but a lot of the times it was feast or famine right you had them give up zero points against uh Oklahoma 17 points against TCU 19 points against Alabama but then they gave up 41 and 37 to Oklahoma State and TCU right you never I mean in uh, Texas Tech you never really knew what defense you were going to get I think this defense will still be very good this year but they will be more consistent than they were last year and then you can say what you want about Brent Venables but he's a defensive mastermind we saw those defenses at Clemson second year in the system the players will get it more they'll play faster similar to how our defense did under Pekakowski, and he brought in some really good players in the transfer portal and the 2023 recruiting class, that defense will be a lot better. So I think Texas definitely beats Oklahoma in the Red River shootout again this year, but I think FanDuel got it right with Texas being favored by three and a half. If I had to give my thoughts on both of these games right now, like I said, I think both lines will move, especially if Texas takes care of business against Oklahoma. I mean, Alabama looks really good against Alabama. That Oklahoma three and a half, Plus three and a half will probably move up to five, four or five. I, I think Texas, it'll be Texas minus more than three and a half by the time the game is actually played. If I had to tell you what to do right now, if I had to give you any advice, I love Texas plus eight and a half against Alabama. I would hammer that right now. If you want to take Texas to win outright, be my guest, right? Oklahoma plus three and a half. I don't love that. The only reason I don't love that, I would love it at two and a half. I don't love it at three and a half. The reason I don't love it at three and a half is because now you're telling me Texas has to win by four points, right? And that takes away Texas just being able to kick a field goal at the end and win. So two and a half, I would love it. Three and a half, I just kind of want to sit there and enjoy the game. But I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I would do, right? If you think Texas is going to win by 49 points again, go crazy. Quick word from FanDuel, and then we're going to talk about this Texas men's basketball team beating Iowa State by 18 points on Tuesday night and what is ahead for the Longhorns, the midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points, scores, and threes made. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we're getting close to the end of the Texas men's basketball season. We're wrapping it up, and there's only three games left in conference play before we get to the conference tournament in the NCAA tournament. So Texas will play at Baylor on Saturday. Then they will play at TCU on Tuesday. And then they play in the Moody Center to end the regular season against Kansas. 
right now, Texas and Kansas are tied atop the Big 12 regular season standings. I guess Kansas would technically be over Texas because they have the head-to-head, but they both have the same conference record. So as long as Texas beats either Baylor or TCU, that guarantees that, and Kansas wins one of their next two games, which they will, that guarantees that next Saturday in the Moody Center, Texas and Kansas will be playing for the regular season Big 12 championship. As long as Texas takes care of business, either against TCU or Baylor, and I expect them to. When you look at the Iowa State game on Tuesday night, this was a huge game. They had won a nail-biter in overtime uh, against Oklahoma, but they had lost to Iowa State earlier in the season. Now, this is the refresher that the Iowa State game came the same day that Chris Beard was officially fired, and so maybe that affected the team. But either way, they were on the road in Ames. Iowa State brought it to them, and Texas lost that game. So it was good to see them come back and really beat up on them by 18 points. And what's funny was they did something that we're not used to seeing from this Texas basketball team. So I looked it up. Against Oklahoma, the Texas men's basketball team shot – 27% of their shot attempts came from the three-point line, right? 27%. Against Iowa State, 50% of their shots came from the three-point line, right? And I know they were hitting them in the first half, but I don't know what got into them. They just said, we're just going to shoot basically nothing but threes today. In the second half, they cooled down. Both teams only scored 25 points in the second half. But, of course, they had built up that cachet in the first half, outscoring the Iowa State Cyclones 29-47. to And – What I loved about this game was the reemergence of Tyrese Hunter, right? Because he has not been great really since the first or second week of the season. But we know him transferring from Iowa State, this game meant a little bit more to him. And he came out and played that way, right? Five for nine, three from five for the three-point line, tied for the lead in scoring for the Longhorns with 15 points. Marcus Carr gave you an efficient 13 on five for nine, kind of just moved out the way and let Tyrese Hunter do his thing. Arterio Morris, he started off three for three, missed his last two shots, but he gave you eight points off the bench in 12 minutes. I'm loving his confidence. He Now he's giving you a fourth viable guard that can go out there and really make plays for you. Plus, he had a big uh, defensive play with that block as well. And then Serge Barry Rice just continues to be one of the best stories in the country, right, with what he's done off the bench for this Texas Longhorns team, 15 points in 21 minutes. And you got eight points. It was a big deal from Brock Cunningham, three for four, another made three. So I love what we saw from this Texas basketball team on the defensive side, you know, holding a team to 54 points in 40 minutes. That's outstanding. And even though they cooled down in the second half, they came out and shot really well in the first half and shooting 50%. I don't know if that's a recipe for success for this Texas men's basketball team. And that kind of takes Timmy Allen out of the game with him not being a three point shooter, but it definitely worked against Iowa state and they won that game by 18 points. So, When you talk about this game on Saturday against the Baylor Bears, obviously they have the trio of amazing guards that can all make shots at an NBA level, right? Create and make shots at an NBA level. And Keontae George, uh, Adam Flagler, and LJ Cryer. But I think you can force them into some bad shots, especially Keontae George. So I think on the road at Baylor, that's going to be the key to winning this game. Who wins the guard matchup? Is it the three dominant guards for Baylor or is it the three to four guards if you include Arterio Morris for the Texas Longhorns secondly who wins the matchup in the post is it going to be Christian Bishop Dylan Mitchell and Dylan DeSue or is it going to be Flo Thamba and Everyday John right Jonathan Tamia Tachua right so who 
is going to win those two matchups, right? The boards and the paint, and then who's going to win the guard matchup. I think that goes a long way to winning this basketball game. And like I said, Texas needs to win one of their next two games, either against Baylor or against TCU, to ensure that that Kansas game next Saturday will be for the regular season crown in the Big 12. And we say all the time that this is the toughest conference in basketball by far. How amazing would it be that Rodney Terry, in the middle of the season, had to pick up the pieces and still led this Texas basketball team to a regular season conference title in the Big 12. A long way to go, and you're going to have to face that Kansas team head on, right, at home and beat them for that to happen. But the fact that this Texas basketball team has even put themselves in position for this to happen speaks of how magical the season has been thus far, even with everything that's happened for this Texas basketball team led by Rodney Terry. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hook them and peace.